Sometimes I'll take uh, an adult and I'll call a youngster down, maybe five or six years old. And I said, uh, could you come help me? And the little kid will come down and I'll make a really flat swing and I'll make a really upright swing and then I'll make a swing more or less on plane. And I'll ask the child, which one would they like? Did they like one, two or three? Somebody who knows nothing about golf says, oh, I, I, I like number three. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it looks okay. Take somebody who's never skied before to a ski slope. Mm-hmm. Take somebody who's never ice skated before to an ice skating rink. Take somebody who's never played golf before to a driving range. Say, pick out who you'd like to look like one day. Do they pick out orthodox or do they pick out the beginner? Orthodox. They pick so they don't need a teacher. Mm. They need a referee of what's relevant. They need a traffic cop for ideas. Their buddies are telling them something. The magazines are telling them something. The TV is telling them something. They need a coach. They need somebody to help them through all this stuff. To change their ideas. Yeah, because you've already know their ideas. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's awesome. But how do we get away? Because this fixing mindset, the feedback loop of, oh, I hit a bad shot. I got to fix something in my swing. It's, it's so common. And it seems like golfers go over and over for years. How do we get away from that? Well, the only thing a coach can do or a parent can do or an employer can do is change an idea. All you can do is change insight. Hmm. Why would somebody say that was a bad shot? Um, I don't know. Because it didn't go to the outcome that they wanted. Okay. Well, that's where you start. You can't control the outcome. It's impossible mm. to control the outcome. Great businesses are not consistent. Great businesses handle the bad year or the bad day better than their competitor. When a professional golfer stands on the tee or a 30 handicapper stands on the first tee, you cannot predict your score. And you cannot predict your outcome. If a professional could control his outcome, they wouldn't miss greens and fairways. Mm. You're a performer. You organize yourself before the shot, your pre-shot routine, but then when you go up, you make your golf swing. So the shot wasn't bad. You say to yourself, well, that shot went left. Describe exactly what the shot did. Don't criticize it or evaluate what... Mm the outcome was in your mind that day. In the beginning, you might say that was bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It went left. Right. So you did everything exactly correct to make the ball go left. You hit a perfect shot. Mm. So there's nothing to fix. There's something to do different. Mm. I make a really big deal out of better doesn't exist. If I'm, act, if I'm out training my putts, stroke and I miss a putt and I make the next one. It was different. It wasn't better. It was higher. It was lower. It was left. It's right. And the reason that's important, it's the way the brain works. The brain works on reference points. If you say to somebody, can you repeat that, please? The incoming information didn't connect with something you already know. And it doesn't even have to be from the same topic. Mm-hmm. When the information comes in, and it doesn't connect with something you already know, it leaves the brain. It doesn't travel to long-term memory. So that's why 
metaphors and stories and examples are important. So if you say to yourself, that shot went long, left, right, and describe exactly what it did, it's useful as opposed to calling it a bad shot. I worked for a guy that uh, at one time uh, that said uh, it's good to be aware of how the world is seeing you, but don't be concerned about it. Hmm. You know, to 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 you know this if a if a particular person you know you're not hitting it off with, say in a group situation, you. Say good morning and good night and be polite, but you don't draw that person into a, a deep conversation because you know they're right. they're not going. So to to be aware of how the world is seeing you, but not to don't let that stop what you believe in. You know, right. why do you think you've been different? Um, had my own ideas. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I've always seen things different. Hmm. Um, uh, the uh, our industry is pretty structured, right. you know. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, I I don't see the grip as a fundamental. It's a personal choice. Uh, on tour, grips are a hundred and three degrees different. Everybody holds it different. Somebody got grows up on a flat golf course probably has a different grip than somebody that grows up on a hilly golf course. Hmm. One has to hit the ball low, and one has to shape the ball more. Um, so when I first said that the grip was not a basic fundamental, but a, a choice, uh, I was criticized. That's, that's fine. That's your opinion. I, 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 I'm sharing this and it may open doors. It may close doors, mm. but that's, that's how I saw it. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be published, so to speak. I wasn't trying to, to, to please the crowd, but to, to uh, share or go with the information that I was learning, which is mostly from outside the golf industry. Um, again, because the golf industry is pretty bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. And uh, for instance, uh, when you're nominated for a national award, they send you a questionnaire about your background and why you should receive the award. Okay. Well, both times they sent it back blank. I said, how could I justify why I should receive an award. You'd have to ask the people that nominated me oh, or, wow. so, or somebody else. Uh, I was not, uh, um, I was never selling. Mm. I was always always sharing. Um, I find it interesting that technical coaches uh, say one of the reasons they use tech is because they don't want to guess when they're coaching. Well, all coaching is guesswork. <laughs> yeah. We make a suggestion. We have no idea whether it's going to work, whether it's a technical suggestion or what some people call old school suggestion. Right. So, but there are people who are comfortable doing that, and that's fine. Um, there's research that says that some of it should be questioned. I think it's very, very good for and useful for club fitting. Um, I question whether having uh, numbers in your head and trying to uh, to please a particular number uh, on a screen 
Right. It's the way we learn because every swing is different. Every so, situation is different. So you've gone to this learning approach, you know, the last the latter part of your career, especially it sounds like it's all about learning and understanding, you know, coaching and how we learn. But at one point, I mean, you've written a lot of technical books too. Yes. So, um, uh, and a couple have been rewritten from a learning point of view. Mm. About 20 years into my career, I was standing on the, uh, I was standing waiting for a student to show up, and it struck me that we were, uh, you know, they had some talent and they just weren't making the kind of progress I thought they were capable of. And it just out of the blue, from somewhere, it struck me that I knew nothing about learning. I was pretty comfortable with uh, the information I was sharing, mm. but, uh, you know, this, why wasn't it, and that insight... Why wasn't it transferring? Right. And okay. I said, you know, what's what's going on here? And that insight led me to, to move away from traditional, and I knew it would probably narrow my appeal, mm. which started about 20 years ago, because it happened in a time where I was uh, being recognized... Uh, I'd written some books, being recognized as a coach, had received some awards and things. And uh, and as a young coach, I would go watch other coaches, I would go to seminars, but the topic of learning was never brought up. Hmm. So I, t- I took myself to Harvard University. I took 90 hours of courses at their Teaching with the Brain and Mind Institute. I took another 80 hours of courses at a workshop that uh, used learning or the brain, making it brain compatible. Everything happens in the brain first. Mm. Before you pick up a pencil, it it happened in your brain first. Before you make a left-hand turn, it happened in your brain first. So the information had to be brain compatible. Mm. And one of the uh, one of the points about brain compatible learning, uh, it has to be emotionally compatible. So telling somebody what's wrong with their golf swing is not emotionally compatible. Uh, telling them there's nothing wrong with their swing, that there's things that aren't developed yet. Mm. It's a very, very different approach than a teaching approach. Um, a 30 handicapper or a tour player or anybody doesn't have anything wrong with their golf swing. They have things that aren't grown yet, things that aren't developed yet. Mm. Um that's and an I mean, empowering be, mindset, too. Yeah, well, the possibilities. The whole, the whole thing happens how you're thinking about it. Is this, a, is this a putt or is it a hard putt? No, it's a putt. Right. Don't call it a hard putt. Um, uh, are these greens tough or are these greens what everybody else is playing? Mm. Uh, every great performer in and out of sports talks about how they think about things. Leads to whether or not they're going to be, uh, be able to perform that time. If you think about it, if uh, at every level, if the golfer is happy with their golf swing for nine holes and like the shots they're hitting and they don't like the back nine, how could it be the golf swing? Mm. Something emotional, some thought process has changed. Because a half hour ago, the golf swing was fine. Right. How can you shoot a 32 on the front nine and a 42 on the back? And, and blame the golf swing. Right. The golf swing may have changed, <laughs> but it didn't change because of the golf swing. Hmm. Something else happened, and that was new to me. I was in a teaching fixing, a teaching fixing approach has a plan, hmm. it has a goal. A learning developing approach never knows what the outcome is going to be. Hmm. It, it could happen in in this session, 
That's why I call my time with students sessions. Hmm. I don't call them lessons because the lesson is what people take away. It's not what I say. Hmm. And again, I go back to you can say, you can have a very good message, but it's not what we say, it's how we say it. I ask people to see that the only swing model is the golf course. Mm. It's not Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Ben Hogan. Everything works backwards from the environment. If we were running a business, everything would work back from the customer needs. Mm, from the market. Well, the, the golf course is the swing model. It's telling me I hit an eight iron. It's telling me to play the ball back. It's telling me what size swing to use. So the, everything works backwards from the golf swing. And if you shot 80, it was 80 separate apple pies. Don't see it as see it as one game, but 80 separate times you had to gather information mm. from the golf course to decide what to do. So, I, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's awesome. But how do we get away? Because this fixing mindset, the feedback loop of, oh, I hit a bad shot. I got to fix something in my swing. It's, it's so common. And it seems like golfers go over and over for years. How do we get away from that? Well... The only thing a coach can do or a parent can do or an employer can do is change an idea. All you can do is change insight. Why would somebody say that was a bad shot? Um, I don't know. Because it didn't go to the outcome that they wanted. Okay. Well, that's where you start. You can't control the outcome. It's mm. impossible to control the outcome. Great businesses are not consistent. Great businesses handle the bad year or the bad day better than their competitor. When a professional golfer stands on the tee or a 30 handicapper stands on the first tee, you cannot predict your score. And you cannot predict your outcome. If a professional could control his outcome, they wouldn't miss greens and fairways. Mm. You're a performer. You organize yourself before the shot, your pre-shot routine, but then when you go up, you make your golf swing. So the shot wasn't bad. You say to yourself, well, that shot went left. Describe exactly what the shot did. Don't criticize it or evaluate what mm. the outcome was in your mind that day. In the beginning, you might say that was bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It went left. Right. So you did everything exactly correct to make the ball go left. You hit a perfect shot. Mm. So there's nothing to fix. There's something to do different. Mm. I make a really big deal out of better doesn't exist. If I'm, act, if I'm out training my putt stroke and I miss a putt and I make the next one, it was different. It wasn't better. It was higher. It was lower. It was left. It's right. People don't come to us to be, be, to be different in their head. And I try to get them to realize they came to us to be different. And the reason that's important, it's the way the brain works. The brain works on reference points. If you say to somebody, can you repeat that, please? The incoming information didn't connect with something you already know. And it doesn't even have to be from the same topic. Mm -hmm. When the information comes in and it doesn't connect with something you already know, it leaves the brain. It doesn't travel to long-term memory. So that's why metaphors and stories and examples are important. So if you say to yourself, that shot went long, left, right, and describe exactly what it did, okay. it's useful as opposed to calling it a bad shot. 
The other point is, and this reference point is uh, pointed out in the book Golf from Point A, which is a great, great book. Okay. Every shot's individual. You can't have expectations. You don't put in, pull into the parking lot saying, I'm going to shoot my low round today. You pull into the parking lot saying, I'm going to do the best I can today. Mm. I walk on the first tee with no expectation because expectations slow down progress. There is, you can't expect anything. It could go in the hole in one. <laughs> you could shoot your best score that day. You could shoot your highest score that day. So uh, it's a little bit of a long answer to your question. You change the mindset. Mindset before skill set. The way that people think about themselves. One of the first things I tell people, especially new golfers, is you have nothing wrong with your golf swing. Okay. It's developing. Mm. You're on a road of development. How old were you when you got out of college, Mr. Smith? No, oh, I was 21. How old were you when you got to be a really good lawyer? Oh, mid-40s. <laughs> so people play golf on the weekend once in a while, and they beat themselves up. Progress takes years. Mm. And the people that make the most progress are in a growth mindset. They're not in a critical mindset. They're not thinking and judging themselves that, that they, they need fixing. Fixing's not learning. Yeah, they're In looking fact, to the future with possibilities. Yes. But I really want to get into this point because I'm um, talking about growth mindset and like how do we as golfers, I think we try to fix so many things with our swing beat just because we want to get better. How do we continue to, you know, become a better player or improve on our game? Okay. Um, you use the word better. I would use the word different. Yeah, different. It'd be a diff that's huge to understand because that the brain doesn't know what better is. Better is negotiable. Mm -hmm. The brain knows what's different. Okay. You know, I, the reason I know the vanilla is because I know chocolate and strawberry. The reason I know left is because I know right. So that's huge. Okay. The brain, the brain gathers by similarities and retrieves by differences. Okay, trees are all in one place in the brain. But the pine tree is in a different place. So the way I suggest people go into a growth mindset, growth mindset is based on the fact that things can be different. And it's just by changing that word or that way of describing something. <clears throat> if been used to describing it as better, it's not a better restaurant, it's different not a better sweater, it's a different restaurant, which helps you reference the learning part and the understanding part. In fact, during training, that's why I ask people not to practice. Mm. Practice is applying, train, <coughs> practice is applying, training is acquiring. A doctor has a practice. A lawyer has a practice after they train. So I want people to go and train. If you go down to practice and you don't like the outcome, you criticize yourself. Mm. If you get down, oh, I'm training my grip or I'm training my backswing, it's a much different mindset. You're training what you want to practice on the golf course. You want to put this into practice mm. on the golf course. That is a big distinction. A very big distinction. Words are the most powerful performance-enhancing drug. It's not a chemical, words, hmm. the way you talk to yourself, the way your parents talk to you, 
the way your boss talks to you, the way your coach talks to you, is a very powerful, the most powerful performance-enhancing drug. If you show up with no expectations, if you show up just letting yourself play golf, by the word play, or playful, my acronym is play is powerful learning about yourself. Mm. Playful, powerful learning about yourself finds useful learning. All learning is based on play. I know nothing about computers. If you gave me a computer, you'd tell me to play with it. You wouldn't tell me to read a book. <laughs> you know, but, but just fool around with it. Mm. So when you're training, put the ball too far back. Put the ball too far forward. Put it in the middle. Hit it with an open face. Hit it with a closed face. Make a short swing. Make a big swing. Make a, don't stand there and try and get it right. Well, I, I did not know. I played basketball in college. I grew up in New York City. Played in just about every great schoolyard in New York City with the guys in the neighborhood. <laughs> okay, When I was a kid, I didn't know the basket was 10 feet high. But at some point, I figured out 10 feet worth of force before I knew it was 10 feet high. So by training... Your brain knew how far to throw it and just it just it, knew. It just, it just picked it up. It didn't have to be measured. Mm -hmm. And a playful approach to training supports that. It's called random training. Mm. If you stand there and hit the same shot over and over again, it would not be useful to hit a different shot every time. Because when you're on the golf course, it's a random game. It's not a repeating game. And, and to your point, I think this is great because the other day we were just we were out there messing around and you showed me to put my left hand under uh, under the club a little bit to hit a flop shot. And that changed uh, changed the way the face was a little bit. And I was practicing it or training it, you know, just in short game area, just having fun, trying new things. And it was different, very different. And someone came over and was like, oh, you've, you've hit some way short. You've hit some way long. What, you know, what's going on? I was like, oh, I'm just, I was just training. I was just figuring it out. I would flub some, I'd hit them deep, but it wasn't, I wasn't focused on the results. I was just trying to feel it. When you go on a basketball court by yourself, the ball rebounds to a different place every time. I think that's why you get shooting a basketball quicker than the golf swing. People mm. stand there trying to do the same thing over and over again, something they're not going to have to do on the golf course. So, sometimes I, I, I like to train the tool. We didn't learn to paint. We learned the rules of a paintbrush. We didn't learn to write. We learned the rules of a pen. I learned the rules of a steering wheel. Mm. So I want people to learn the rules of the golf club. I sometimes ask people to hold the golf club up chest high in their hands. And I'll say, now make the face open. Now make the face close. I'll say, why did your hands move? Mm. Well, I moved my hands. And I said, I didn't ask you to move your hands. I ask you to do something with the club, and the body responded. Mm. It's important to understand you're learning what to do with the club's three employees. The club has a shaft, it has a head, and it has a face. Mm. And what's telling me to do that is the golf course. The golf course is telling me where I want the shaft, where I want the face, and where I want the head. Mm. And my body responds. Yeah, so, and then the four L's of the club, what are those again? I call the four L's of a club are its length, its lie, its loft, and the last one, very few people get quickly, is the lean. Mm. The club face is behind the handle. In, in golf, all golf clubs are built with the shaft in front of the club face. 
which is a pretty good general feel for most shots. Shaft before club face. When you play baseball, does the tip of the bat get to the baseball before your hands? No. Hmm. Hockey. Hockey. Okay. A hammer. The handle gets to there, to the uh, nail before the head. Hmm. So in golf, I call the the head the book on the back seat of the car. Good players, the book stays on the back seat of the car, hmm. behind your hand. If the car suddenly stops, the book comes off the back seat of the car. My my big metaphor is: in basketball, we shoot up. In tennis, we try to get it over the net. In business, you try to make a profit. In golf, you're learning to swing the weight of the club. Hmm. You're swinging a weight of a club. Golf is a game of motion, not position. And when we swing the weight of the club, the shaft, the head normally stays behind the shaft. If the, if the swinging motion stops, the weight of the club flips your hands. I don't think people flip their hands very often. Hmm. I think more often than not, if the weight of the club is causing the wrist to break down, the because, because it's like the book on the back seat of the car, it keeps going hmm. while the swing stops and you wind up flipping the club. Why do you think that's such a common thing? Obviously, as golf instructors, that's something you see so often, in beginners especially. Why does paper get written on? Paper gets written on because it's in the middle of a pen and a table. People are trying to hit the ball. Hmm. I think that's why the club takes off. They're learning to hit a ball in their head. But instead, you should a, make a swing. You're learning a dance step. Yeah. You're, lear- you're learning a motion. You're learning a dance step. The ball happens to be in the middle of the dance step. It's hit by accident. The ball is the audience. The ball is receiving the message that the golf club is delivering to it. Mm. The ball, what moves the ball? I always love this. I love this one, compression. The ball moves itself. Yeah. If I drop a basketball and the ball comes back up, did the floor move it or compress it? It compressed it. Right. So are we learning to hit a ball or are we learning to compress a ball? Mm. We're learning to compress a ball. Okay. That's a great, great, I think that's just such a great ex- example and description for people just to click and think compression instead of like hit or pick it up. Yeah. You gotta try. And, the, and the pressure, and the pressure comes from the leaning shaft. Mm. That shaft is leaning that face against the ball. It's not flipping the face at the ball. Right. Which can be a shot around the green. If you didn't want much pressure on the ball, you might want to let the club face pass your hands with an open club face. Hmm. Everything depends. It depends. It depends. Isn't that the next book title? Yes, it's the next book I'm writing. It, it's, you know, how much? It depends. How fast? It depends. What time should I leave the house? It depends. Should I hit it high? Should I hit it low? Should I hit it left? It depends. <laughs> there, uh, there's so much... There's so much right and wrong information in the golf industry that students normally show up thinking they're doing something wrong. Mm. And one of the things that I do is I have everybody give me a golf instruction before we start. Mm. How, how, what are your ideas about the golf swing? Well, I'm a beginner. Well, you must have some ideas. And sometimes they describe something that's workable and they're not doing it. Or they describe something that you'd like them to reconsider. So my starting point is their prerequisites. Mm. And, and it's the starting point 
should be the starting point at any point in, 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 in sharing information that has to be learned because everything's based on a past experience. So, okay, that's your belief. Now we're going to, now let's work with that, but we're going to do it a little bit different. Mm. And, that, and that's, that word, that mindset of different is so powerful. It has changed, uh, I've seen it change people's lives. And not to sound spiritual, but yeah, they, they, they've been trying to be better, and better doesn't exist. Mm. Different exists in steps and stages. I was different today than I was yesterday. That's probably why you have so many uh, lessons that are so consistent with you. You've built these relationships through lessons like the Lakatas because you've gone through so much. It's not just a, hey, I'm fixing your grip. Like you, I think communication, when I've been fortunate enough to watch a lot of your lessons, you communicate, you ask so many questions, and you really start to understand the person. Well, I call it outstruction, mm. not instruct. The answer is in the student, and you help bring it out. And then when they figure it out, I think, from my perspective, and it's just an opinion, uh, where it falls on a scale of 1 to 10 is <clears throat> up to the listener. Um, if the student is involved in finding the answer, the learning is much deeper. It, mm. When it becomes part of their idea, part of their ah moment, part, part of their uh, their journey, mm. it's a much more powerful message. It becomes deeper. Yeah, you, you want deep learning. You don't. <clears throat> you don't want wide learning. You don't want to know a lot of things about one topic. You want <clears throat> You want one deep idea that goes all the way down to the topic. And then they're able to take ownership over that idea Absolutely. and then draw from it instead of just having to come back and for to you to fix them every time. I make a big deal out of uh, rhythm and timing. Um, I don't think guys on tour make bad swings. I think the bad swings show up when they get out of their rhythm and timing. Hmm. The, the, and everybody has their own rhythm and timing. I tend to hold a golf club up and swing it like a pendulum. And I say to people, why do people call this one two? Well, my answer is because they're sheep. <laughs> Everybody calls it one two. It's actually a one. Mm -hmm. It's actually a one. It's mm -hmm. actually a one. So the good golf swings, or the golf swings the most effective, are not one twos. If their mindset is one two, they normally have a little bit of a giddy up at the bottom. Yeah, you don't take a hammer and go one, two. You don't take a baseball bat and go one, two. The baseball pitcher doesn't have an all of a sudden. Mm. If the motion is a one, mm. from start to finish, it's a sense of one, not a sense of all of a sudden, not a sense of these parts. The golf swing has a beginning and an end and nothing in the middle if it's swinging. Right. If it's swinging. A pendulum, a very short pendulum and a very long pendulum take the same amount of time that's such a cool one. If I hit a putt and I make a big swing this from start up to impact, take the same amount of time if the club is swinging. Mm. It's from physics. <laughs> the, it, it's back and through, back and through, not back and hit. Mm. A lot of athletes come to golf with a sense of one, two, mm. and it's a big insight, I think, for them when they understand that they're just swinging a club and letting the ball get in the way. Mm. And I think that's a big one. That's something I struggle with is finding that rhythm and tempo just because as athletes, like you said, everything, a lot of it is just quick, trigger, fast, explode, and it's not that sense of rhythm. Well, look at the word gap. 
GAP. Okay. If we were playing tennis, there would be time before the ball came back. If I read a putt, there's a gap in time before I putt. When I swing the club back, there's a gap in time before the downswing happens. That's where the performance happens in the gap in time. Mm. What am I thinking about as I walk back to the putt? What am I thinking about waiting for the ball to come back? What am I thinking about in my downswing? The gap in time is where performance happens. The gap in time between notes and music makes it pleasant or non-pleasant. Mm. That gap in time creates the performance. GAP could stand for gone are procedures or gaining appropriate procedures. Mm -hmm. What you do with your time, what you do in between swings, what you do in between rounds, what you do in between the backswing and the downswing creates the performance. So that's, yeah, that's all that mindset talk that we, yes. we've been over. And how, what have you seen from great performers or great students that you know, do really well with that gap or mindset in general? IDC. I don't care. Yeah. They're just performing. It could be, mm -hmm. a, hole in one. Could be a hole in one. It could go out of bounds. Uh, Brooks Kafka talks about it all the time. He says, I can't control the outcome. I walk up. Uh, he says, I'm not a fan of tech. And uh, I, I just take my fundamentals. He didn't talk about the fundamentals of golf. He took my fundamentals. And, 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 and let me address that. There are some fundamentals. Mm-hmm. There are some fundamentals. It's either in in timing or not. But grip's not a fundamental. Stance isn't a fundamental. Posture what are the fundamentals then? Balance, timing, and rhythm for fundamental. Mm. Trevino aimed left, Sneed aimed right, somebody else aimed square. That's all pretty negotiable. But getting back to 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 this, letting it happen. If you don't have expectations, it, it could go anywhere. So how, how do you get there? Like when you care about something, you know, you want to do really well and you want to succeed and you want to, you know, when you really care about, you know, doing well, how do you get to that? Well, I, I don't want you to not care. I just want you to approach it in a learning, not fixing mm. way. That's all. Just <clears throat> just change the mindset. I, 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 I think Tiger said something very interesting okay. <clears throat> about his four majors in a year. When asked about the trophies on the Charlie Rose show, which I had the pleasure of being on also. But when Tiger was on the Charlie Rose show, he, Charlie said, look at it. He, Charlie had pictures of the, he actually had cutouts of the four trophies, which was kind of cool. Uh, Tiger said, those trophies don't mean anything to me. Tiger, Charlie looked at him and said, what do you mean? He said, beating the guys is what I wanted to do. That's mm. what's important to me. His mindset was competitive. His mindset was to stay in the process. He talks about swings. He says he only remembers a couple of shots in his whole life. He, he said he, he very rarely remembers anything before because he's in a process. Mm. He said when he was growing up, him and his dad would be competitive and creative. He said, who could hit it left? Who could hit it high? Who could hit it here? It was always competition mm -hmm. with him and creativity. Rudy Durant, his first coach, 
through his younger years at I Have Friend, he said when Tiger was six or seven and he created Tiger Par on the golf course, like a par five would maybe be a par eight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Tiger would want to stay in the bunker for five or ten minutes trying different shots. That was Tiger. That was his dad's training. Yes. You know, he, he was at a very young age, was brought to a, uh, a Navy SEAL, a guy who trained the Navy SEALs. Uh, his dad would bring him down to him once or twice a month to talk about the whole mindset and the mind approach. Everything happens in the brain first. And, if you do, and I think <clears throat> if we had 100 coaches in a room and we put a golf swing up, we'd get 100 ideas that might all be useful, but there'd be one common denominator. They want them to learn. Every coach wants you to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and my thought is coaches should get their golf swing ideas, but also study the learning process also. There's, it's a two-sided coin. Some approaches to teaching suppress learning, and some approaches to coaching support learning. Mm. I, the Tiger Woods stuff's amazing. I've listened to a 30-hour audio book on Tiger Woods and his growing up and how he had all these leadership audio tapes and yeah. all this stuff in his room when he was a little kid. And yeah. I always wonder, you know, would Tiger Woods, he, he kind of got into the pursuit of a perfect golf swing in the middle of his career, but if he just, you know, aimed left and tried to hit a cut, you know, I, what do you... Been even my, my take on that is, well, uh, system A worked, let me see if system B can work. Yeah. He's got it's, bored maybe a little bit. I, who knows? I yeah. mean, we're only guessing and the paper's only guessing. And yep. He would never tell you because he'd think he'd be helping his competitor. You <laughs> know, He might, as he retires, he might share some of that. Mm. I think he was just, I think he was just challenging himself. Mm. Can I, let me see how system C works. Well, and with his growth mind, I mean, he was so focused on getting better and, and beating everybody that after a while, you know, how, is it hard to turn that off? Like when you're performing so well, but he's always looking for another edge and an edge and an edge. Is there ever a time where it's like, all right, well, like you don't need to. You don't need no, to change I anything. I think he understood it was an inconsistent game. Hmm. And he found a place. That's golf. I think the questions the press asks are uh, debilitating to performing. Hmm. I think when they ask people to describe stuff and... The minute you describe a tree, it's not a tree anymore. It's your impression of the tree. It's somebody Ooh. else making it. Players in every sport get asked questions that they wouldn't get asked in the locker room. How did you pitch the no-hitter? And the guy has to answer the question or they'll think he's a jerk or say he's a jerk. He has no idea how he pitched the no-hitter. <laughs> it just came out that day. Yeah. How, how did you make that putt? So they make up what we call coach speak. They make up answers mm. that... that and it's a question they would never ask. Hey, nice putt. Hey, great game is what would happen in the locker room. Because the next time, it's not, it may not be there. Yeah, how would you shoot 62 today? You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, or Seve Ballesteros' famous answer for how he four-putted. Hmm. He looked at the press. He says, I miss, I miss, I miss, I miss. <laughs> you know, yes. the, the whole the Tiger had great, great, great answers. Um, at one time, uh, they would bring up a bogey or a shot, and he would talk about the four birdies he made. He wouldn't even answer that question. <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't know how it happened. It just did. Mm-hmm. Because if we knew how it happened, it might happen every time, which is not possible. The brain actually 
the brain actually makes mistakes on purpose. Really? Yes. And we return at a higher level. Okay. It's nature's way. The brain wants you to get lost and learn from that and come back. It's like driving into town with a GPS. Gets you right to the hotel. If I don't get GPS, I get lost. Yeah. And that night, when I go out of town, I, I know about the town because I got lost a little bit. Mm. That's where learning and, happens. Yeah, so uh, this GPS stuff for the car, I think at times with, with some technical approaches, there's, there's, they're trying to meet a number and find a discovering through trial and error. That's you know, gr- that, that's a great analogy. The GPS. And maybe at sometimes it gets to where we're going faster, but you don't do all the learning. You don't become the smart intellectual person that can really be the powerful. Yeah, you you're, become your you're own reliant. Coach. You become reliant on it. I often I, I I'll often to ask young golfers, "Are we working for today, or are we working for next year?" You know, we well, it might be in six months. We don't know when it's going to show up. Mm. We don't know when it's going to show up. And that's why it's so important in the way I love your method is, is making your student the master and making them fully understand everything you're working on. It's, it's teamwork. When I, was a tech, when I was a technical coach, I was in charge. I had the answer. Mm. You know, I, I was criticizing. I was judging. Well, that's not, that's not, that's not right. So what do you see uh, that's you know, different, especially with the technical stuff, but what do you see in today's age of PJ Professionals instruction that you'd hope we can you know, change, and, and what would you like to see, I guess? Well, um, any one individual has such a, a, a narrow view. There's 50 states, there's all these countries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, been, I've probably been to 35 countries with seminars and stuff. So to give a general answer... Uh, my thing I think people should consider is that instruction has two coins, two, two sides to it. And to, to, if you're, if you're going to be involved in coaching, you know, become informed about learning. Mm. You, know, you, know, you, might have a, you might have the best idea in, uh, that you can have and nobody else has it and, and you figured this out. Well, that idea isn't useful unless it can be Learned, remembered, and put to use when needed. Mm. So learning about, and everything's based on emotions. We pick and choose based on emotion, react based on emotion. Emotions is the rudder. Emotions is the steering wheel of everything. So it should be a playful environment, a non-critical environment. You know, yeah, we're going to, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's do a little playing here. Uh, play with this grip, play with that grip. Play with this rhythm. Play with that rhythm. Training. Well, which which do you prefer? I, I, the most powerful thing you can do uh, is give people choices. Okay, the company hired you. Where in the company would you like to work? Okay, where would you like to go on vacation? Mm. Okay, what meal would you like tonight? I'll give you any meal you want. So in in education, choices I think are are, are huge. Um, sometimes I'll take. Uh, an adult, and I'll call a youngster down, maybe five or six years old, and I said, uh, could you come help me? And the little kid will come down, and I'll make a really flat swing, and I'll make a really upright swing, and then I'll make a swing more or less on plane. 
And I'll ask the child, which one would they like? Did they like one, two, or three? Somebody who knows nothing about golf says, oh, I, I like number three. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it looks okay. Take somebody who's never skied before to a ski slope. Mm-hmm. Take somebody who's never ice skated before to an ice skating rink. Take somebody who's never played golf before to a driving range. Say, pick out who you'd like to look like one day. Do they pick out orthodox or do they pick out the beginner? Orthodox. They pick So they don't need a teacher. Mm. They need a referee of what's relevant. They need a traffic cop for ideas. Their buddies are telling them something. The magazines are telling them something. The TV is telling them something. They need a coach. They need somebody to help them through all this stuff. To change their ideas. Yeah, because you've already know their ideas. Mm-hmm. You've asked them, or in our setting, you do. We ask them how. Right. You know. And then if somebody's been around me for a while, you brought up the name Mr. Wakata. Uh, I have a session with him this afternoon. Uh, if he hits a shot, I'll ask him why that happened. Well, I, I, I stopped turning and my hands took over. Well, why did that shine? Well, I kept turning and I kept the book on the back seat of the car. They have to have the answer. Mm. They have to, you know, what, what, what do you see here, Mr. Wakata? Well, I see it's a little uphill and then it gets flat. And maybe last year he would have said, well, I see a flag. I see a green. We are developing tools. We are developing tools. The golf club is 14 tools. Honey, bring me a hammer. Well, there's no hammer. Bring me a heavy wrench. So I turn the heavy wrench into a hammer. So you have 14 tools that you can do a lot of different things with. Mm. I'm doing my best to make them aware of things that maybe you and I are aware of now, Mm. right from the beginning. Yeah, and and all those things, once we learned them, then we start to understand how we can adjust and change them. Well, great word, adjust. Yeah, the word... uh, you adapt. The, wor- the world becomes more open and, and full of possibilities. Great, great companies are not consistent. They adapt. Mm. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, one technical thing about the golf swing because you talked about the right elbow, and I think that is a very powerful way to adjust and change the swing. And there's a lot of – got a lot of good friends and players and buddies who are going to listen to this, so – just a, a couple technical things that you think have, have really worked or, or make an impact. Okay. Um, the face has to be flat on the ground at a dress. Okay. Taking a picture of a golfer, you should see the top of the hat. Hmm. When the face is flat on the ground, the eyes and ears are level. And that's where the balance centers are. Take a picture of impact. Take a picture of people at address. You'll see, I call it a long neck. Not a neck that's going straight up in the air. Mm. But it looks the neck kind of looks like a shelf. And the face is flat on the ground. And because of that, because of that, the eyes and ears are level. When, mm. your, when your head is more face up, the eyes have to go to the bottom of the sockets to look at the ball in the balance centers. Mm. I learned that from Mac O'Grady oh, years and years and years ago. He, well, he was the first one I heard talk about it, and then I heard science talk about it. Okay. But he was the first one in golf I heard talk about it. If you notice, 
the eyes and ears are, 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 are flat. I think if you can do it, I think there's some pressure in your armpits mm. in good golf swing. Okay. I'd address. I think, I think those upper arms and armpits are connected to the body. Mm. Pressure between the arms and the armpits yeah, there a little I, bit. Yeah, arms are, arms are very light, mm-hmm. wrists are light, hands are firm. In the fingers, hands are firm. Okay. Freedom in the arms, ability yes, to move the, and wiggle. Yeah, because yeah. they're being swung. Okay? And then that right upper arm seems to stay on the on the chest for the lot of great ball strikers. Mm. The, the right upper arm stays on the chest. And the up and down comes out of the right elbow. When I swing the weight of the club, the right elbow responds and folds, which cocks my wrist. But that right arm folding is what cocks the right wrist. Mm-hmm. And that right elbow is now in the traditional pointing at the ground in front of the body. Ben Hogan spot. Well, a lot of a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. The, even though even though Nicholas had a bit of an upright swing, he had he had an elbow fall. Mm. I think we can hit a lot of shots inside 120 yards with one moving part. Just fold the elbow. Fold your right elbow, straighten your right elbow. Fold your right elbow, straighten your right elbow. Mm. Sometimes new golfers, I might start out like that. Somewhere in the beginning of their journey, fold, unfold, fold, unfold. No moving part. Well, now we add a little rotation to that. Hmm. And now the rotation is folding and expanding. It's like a Frisbee. Your body golf, turns. It seems to me the golf swing could feel more like a Frisbee than a dart, where you were trying to control mm. everything. It's, 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 very, it's very free. Yeah, there's a lot more freedom and flow in a yes. Frisbee than a dart. And then, as a golfer matures, you know, turning and folding, turning and unfolding. That right arm thrust, some players, maybe that's the ultimate golf swing. Or for, uh, the only way to make the ball do something different is apply force differently. Mm. The beginner applies force differently than a tour player. The only way you can turn a page different is apply force different. The only way you can steer a card different is apply force different. Mm. So we're really helping people learn to apply force Effectively, most of them apply it ineffectively, and we want them to apply it different. And what were the, the few fundamentals for you again? Not the grip, not posture. What are your swing fundamentals? Um, it's a sense of one. Okay. Balls in the middle. Face down. Hmm. Light arms. Free wrists. And IDC. I don't care. Rhythm and timing, huh? Yeah. I like it. Well, Mr. Habon, I mean, you've done so much over your career. You know, I looked through your bio and I've checked you out online and follow your Facebook page. I mean, the list of accolades is unbelievable. But every day you still get up early, you write, you teach. You know, what keeps you so motivated to, to kind of keep going? I'd probably exchange the word motivated for curious. Hmm. Uh I once asked, had somebody asked me, uh, a very fine player, who I started co- coaching maybe at a 10, and he was about 27, went off and played for a big-time school, is now a professional. 
he said, uh, Michael, what were you like growing up? And I kind of smiled, and I said, well, get in the car. By that time, I had moved my mom out from the city to Long Island, and I went to her apartment and knocked on the door, and she answered. And I said, uh, we chatted a little bit, and he said, uh, he would like to know what I was like growing up. <laughs> And he, uh, she laughed, and, she, and I don't remember the whole conversation, but I do recall this. She said that every classroom, that every teacher I ever had, all the way through college, would say, can you please get Michael to stop asking questions? <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's just... It's not unusual for me to walk by a tree and say, I wonder how deep the roots are. Not mm. unusual for me to be in a restaurant and say, I wonder why the, the clock's over there and not there. Mm. Not unusual for me to see a colored rug and say, I wonder why they picked that color. I would have loved to have been in the meeting at that decision. Um, and I would probably say today, if I've made any progress... The progress was probably 30% from the golf industry information and 70% from Learning. the life situations. Mm -hmm. learning, uh, learning about mindset, learning about learning, learning about the brain, learning about how the body works, mm -hmm. um, uh, learning about how people run their business. If you want an answer, don't put like people in the room. Put a gas station guy, put a doctor, put a lawyer, put a painter, put an athlete. Because everything's the same. All the problems just have different paint jobs. But mm. everything. If you put all the same people in the room, the answer won't be very creative. Love the same ideas. You just kick around the same idea. Mm. You wind up, instead of building a horse, you build a camel. Mm. And... Uh, and that's sometimes why committees aren't great, because right. there's too many like people in the room. Right. Um, so, you've, you know, you've obviously taught so much, and, and I get to see your mindset all the time, which is so fun. But I'm starting to venture out into this career of a PGA professional, and I really you know, want to make my impact on the world and hopefully make a difference. What type of things have brought you fulfillment and, and what, you know, brought you purpose and, and what kind of things, you know? It's not worth the time. Uh, have an attitude of gratitude. Mm. The grass is always half full. People say, hi, Mike, how you doing? I say, always good, always great. Because <laughs> somebody else has probably got it worse. I'm always great. So an attitude of gratitude. Always appreciate um, uh, what's going on. And if you have to make it different, make it different, but it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity. Or appreciate that uh, we really didn't get there by ourselves. Somebody may have helped out that we didn't even know. Um, curiosity. Mm. And uh, see the good in others. See, 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 uh, I love what John Jacob said. 
John Jacob said, uh, there's a, the internet has created a lot of opportunities for criticism, non-in-person criticism, but over the criticism of ideas and books and things. John Jacob said, and I love this, there's some good in every instruction book. It just depends on who reads it. Mm. It may not be good for this guy. It may not be good for that guy. Uh, I have a, a kind of maybe a New York way of looking at things. I think, yeah, but is awful. People say, oh, it was a good restaurant, but, oh, it was a good book, but, oh, he's a nice guy, but. This whole yeah, but thing, I mm. think, shuts doors on right. people. I think I think there are things that don't fit for you, and 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 they just they just don't have to fit for you. Um, I I, awesome. I get criticized by a few for putting up that look. I, I'm not all that important. I'm just sharing. I'm not selling. And uh, people said, well, uh, you you you're, you're more than sharing. I said, no, I'm not. I, I'm just sharing. I'm giving you an opportunity to discuss an idea that I had or an idea from somebody else that I'm putting up. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to tell you this is the deal. It, it, may, it might be the deal for me. It might not be the deal for you. Mm. But universally, if you're going to coach, if you're going to be a parent, if you're going to be an employer, learn, become informed a little bit about the process of learning, memory, and applying. That's a great answer. Um, I just have one more question for you, and, and I just want to say I really appreciate you spending your time here today. Um, I'm really grateful for everything you've done for me and just spending your, your time and out there on the golf course and sharing your ideas with me and kind of help mentor me along. It's been, uh, it's been a real honor, and, and I'm really grateful for everything you've done and on everything you've done for the golf community as well. I mean, you spent your whole career dedicated to golf and – I know you've made a big difference, so I just want to say thank you. Well, you're welcome, and uh, you just keep doing what you're doing. There are very few uh, professionals who have been in the business the same short time you have been and have created a platform already of sharing. Mm. You've, you, you, you've, uh, I've watched you over the, this season, and uh, uh, you have the potential to, uh, to, uh, to make a difference in the people who are around you. And uh, it's, uh, I've learned some things from you this year, too. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Um, all right, last question. So we, we talk about golf all the time, golf instruction, all this stuff. But what does Mr. Michael Hebron say, just if they're going to leave all the audience here with one thing, how do we enjoy golf more? How do people just enjoy their time on the golf course? I think there's a difference between the game of golf and the sport of golf. The game of golf is turned into an ego-driven exhibition of how far, how low, what club am I using, what ball am I using. The game of golf, games are meant for enjoyment. People can ski and fall down tell you they had a good time. People can barbecue and not be very good at it and love it. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, this whole expectation and this whole perfection before participation has gotten into the golf industry. 
It's a game of golf, not an ego-driven exhibition. That's what I would say.